Take your Bibles and turn to James chapter 3 in your New Testament. James chapter 3. In James chapter 3, we're going to read verses 1 through 8. The name of the message tonight is uh, simply just controlling the tongue. And uh, I have found over the years that one of the biggest battles that I have, in fact, I remember reading a, a booklet that someone put together about the tongue and verses about the tongue and so forth. And uh, the, the uh, uh, title of the book, of the booklet, was uh, Our Most Important Battle. And, and, you know, I, I think I kind of agree with that because, boy, if there's anything that we have a constant struggle with, it seems, it's, it, it's with the control of our tongue, the things that we say. Let's all stand together, if you would. James chapter 3. And look with me, beginning in verse 1, we'll read down through verse 8. It says, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in, in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in a word, the same is a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so, the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth, and the, the, the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beasts and of birds and of serpents, and of things in the sea is tamed, and hath been tamed of mankind, but the tongue no man can tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, uh, you never sugarcoat things in your word, and you certainly uh, did not sugarcoat the danger and the possibility of problems with our tongue. And Lord, I've probably caused more trouble and more difficulty and hurt more hearts with my tongue than I have any other member of my body. Uh, Father, I, I pray that uh, this, this evening you'd help us to see the seriousness of, of having a desire to have control of the tongue. Now, it'll never, it'll never be tamed. You've told us that, and it'll never be be in such such a way that it it will uh, get the wildness taken out of it but Lord we can we can control it it's possible Lord to do so and we can only do so with your help uh, on our own we can't but with you we can do so and father we just pray I pray this evening that you would have control of my tongue uh, I don't want to say anything that brings reproach to my Savior tonight. I don't want to say anything that would purposefully hurt anybody in this church that, under the hearing of my voice. Lord, my, my desire tonight is to lift up Christ. My desire tonight 
is to give you honor and glory and to say things that will help rather than hurt. So Father, uh, pray that you just guide and direct in all things tonight and uh, speak to our hearts, help us to see uh, some things that we can do so that, so that our tongue brings you honor and not reproach for us. In Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. In verse, uh, in verse 2, it says, For in many things we offend all. If, uh, if any man offend not in word the same as a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. In other words, if you can get a hold of the tongue, uh, you'll have an easier time with other things in your life. Uh, you know, it, you can usually tell the age of someone. Uh, for sure, you can tell the maturity of someone uh, by, the, by listening to how they speak. Little kids speak differently than adults. At least they should. <laughs> Most of the time, that's the case. Not always true. But, uh, but, but children speak differently. Well, why? Well, because they're not mature yet. Um, I, I, you know, in getting this message ready, I, I thought about some of the stupid things that I said when I was a, a kid. And uh, sometimes when I, I said some extremely hurtful things, and, and didn't not necessarily, there's times when I did mean to, to hurt people, there's other times they didn't, but it just, it just spilled out. Well, it was just my immaturity, and it was my obvious lack of control. And a, and a child is known in their speech by a lack of control. The truth of the matter is we all struggle with that. There's a person in here, and the, the, uh, this message tonight does not just apply to one or two or three or four or eight or ten people. It applies to every single one of us. We all have a battle with the tongue, and uh, we need to be cognizant of that battle, and we're going to take a look at some marks of immaturity tonight, uh, marks of lack of control of our speech, and then take a look at some things that we can do to uh, allow the Lord to have control in, in our lives of the things that we say. Take, take your Bibles and turn with me to Proverbs chapter 30. One of the marks of a person of an uncontrolled tongue is uh, cursing and swearing. Proverbs chapter 30. When, uh, when, when I got saved, I got saved as a teenager. And uh, I had a I had a filthy mouth. I had a, I had a bad mouth, and I, you know, I thought I thought I could control it. I thought I could get a handle on it. And uh, then one time when I was alone with my dad, I let a bleep out. And my dad used to swear. He was an unsaved man, but he never really heard me use that kind of language. And boy, when he heard it, he was shocked and surprised. Well, what I what I learned that day was that uh, you know you you can't have two sets of speech. I had one with my friends, and I had one with my parents and other people, and uh, eventually that, that, that thing just kind of slips out. Proverbs chapter 30, verse, verse uh, 11 through 14. Verse 11 says, There's a generation that curseth their father, and doth not bless their mother. There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes, and yet is not washed from their filthiness. There is a generation, oh, how lofty are their eyes, and their eyelids are lifted up. There is a generation whose teeth are as swords, and their jaw teeth as knives to devour the poor from off the earth and the needy from among men. I, I believe we're living in a generation like that today. Uh, when, I, when I was growing up as a kid, it was not unusual for guys to have 
uh, filthy mouths. But it was very unusual to hear girls with filthy mouths. Today, uh, you can go down the street and you can hear girls with filthier mouths than some of the guys have. Uh, it, that ought not to be. And uh, cursing and swearing is, is, is something that uh, way back in the Old Testament, God said, listen, that, that should not be coming across your lips. Uh, in the Old Testament, a person who cursed at his or her parents uh, deserved to die, according to Exodus chapter 21 and verse 17. Cursing is, is significant of something. And by the way, um, when a person gets saved, one of the first things that, that at least I found in my own life that God starts to deal with is, is with your tongue. And, uh, uh, you know, after I got saved, my, after I've been saved for a while, my speech definitely changed. I mean, definitely changed. And uh, I, I, I don't understand. I'm not saying that, that it can't happen, that a, that a saved person can't, can't swear, can't curse, can't say inappropriate things. Obviously, we can. We're capable of all of that. But uh, I don't understand uh, someone who gets saved and still wants to talk uh, and still wants to have a potty mouth like they had before they got saved. I don't understand that. Uh, cursing is, is significant of some things. Uh, it's, it's identification with the world uh, and that which is against God. According to 1 Samuel chapter 17, and verse 43, when David was up against Goliath, it said, The Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Uh, he, he cursed him. Uh, it, it's significant and, and identifies with the world. Uh, a person who uh, has cursing in their life, if they're saved, it's, it's, uh, it's, it signifies a backslidden condition. Uh, Mark chapter 14 and verse 71, speaking of Peter, when he had been with the people, uh, when he was with the people around the fire and denied the Lord three times, it says in Mark 14, 71, but he, and that's Peter, began to curse and to swear, saying, I know not this man of whom ye speak. Uh, the wrong kind of language came out of his mouth. And, and that's because where his heart was. Uh, cursing and swearing is, is significant of a uh, backslidden condition. Uh, take your Bibles and turn to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. Romans 3, look down in verses 10 through 14. Romans 3, 10 says, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit, the poison of asps is under their, their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. It, it, it uh, not only signifies or identifies with lost people, I, I'm not, again, not saying that a saved person can't, can't swear and use foul language. A obviously, we have, we have that possibility. But, uh, but uh, it, 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 it signifies and identifies with the lost crowd. 
and uh, it makes it real clear that, that they're full of that thing and that it has, that it's connected with the heart. For sure, if a saved person is using the wrong kind of language, they're using the wrong kind of language because there's something going on on the inside of the heart. James chapter 3, go back to where we were here just a moment ago. James chapter 3. And in James 3, look down in verses 8 through 10. It says, But the tongue can no man tame it is an unruly, an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therefore, bless we God, even the Father, and therefore curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Uh, you know, questionable language should not come out of our mouths. One of the things I've, I've, I've not understood, and I've, I've sat under a, a few of them, uh, hearing, hearing preachers, whether they're in the pulpit or out of the pulpit, uh, using language that is inappropriate. I've heard it in the pulpit, and I've also heard it out of the pulpit. Uh, one of the things that I, I try to do, and I'm not always successful, but I, I try to be just as, as circumspect as I possibly can uh, with the things particularly that I say up here, but you know what? It should be no different down there for any of us. Uh, we need to be very, very careful about the things that we say. Uh, I, you know, I, I'll be quite frank with you because this is, this is something that I, I heard. In fact, I just, I just heard a message where, where a preacher did this, this very thing. Um, used, the used the words, oh my God, in a frivolous way. I, I hate that. I'm sorry. That's, that's cursing, that's swearing, that's taking the name of the Lord in vain. It shouldn't be in your texting. It shouldn't be come forth from your lips. Uh, the name of your God ought to be sacred to you. Don't ever use it in a flippant way like that. Uh, I, and when I, when I hear that, when I hear that coming out of Christians' mouths, uh, I, I just, I, quite frankly, I, 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 don't, I don't have much tolerance for that. I don't understand it. Um, the, the, that kind of language should not come, be coming out of our, our mouths as saved people. Another lack of control in our speech is lying. If you take your Bibles and turn with me to Proverbs chapter 12. Proverbs chapter 12. Now, may I say this to you, that America, because we have turned our back on the Bible as a nation, we have turned our back on biblical principles as a nation, we are becoming like other nations. And, and the more heathen a nation is, the more they're known for lying. Um, when I was pastoring over in western New York, we had a couple that went to China. And they, they left about six months after I got there as pastor. When they came back home, they had to come back home a year later because of the uh, Tiananmen Square uh, massacre that took place. They shipped out all the Americans. And uh, uh, they came home and they, they told me that one thing that they constantly battled over, over in China was, was lying lips. Uh, people would say they'd do something and not do it and not feel guilty about not doing it. Uh, just simply just lie through their teeth. One of the things that, that I am seeing in society today is, and I'm, I'm talking about American society, okay? 
I'm seeing lying become standard. It's standard. Um, it, and it's not just on your tax forms. <laughs> okay, I, I, I see it in people making commitments and then no more coming through with that commitment, no more having a desire to come through with that commitment than the, than the man in the moon. And uh, uh, lying lips are something that, as a Christian, we ought to stay away from. Uh, Proverbs chapter 12, look down in verses 17 through 22. Verse 17 <clears throat> says, He that speaketh truth showeth forth righteousness, but a false witness deceit. There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. The lip of truth shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Deceit is in the heart of them that imagine evil, but to the counselors of peace is joy. There shall no evil happen to the just, but the wicked shall be filled with mischief. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but they that deal truly are his delight. Now, God calls lying lips, you know, and I don't care if it's a black lie or a white lie or a purple lie. It makes no difference. Uh, a lie is a lie. And if it's not truth, it's a lie. And God says lying lips are an abomination unto God. You know what category that puts lying in? That puts lying in with the category of adultery, in the category of fornication, sodomy, cross-dressing. Uh, idolatry, uh, all those things in the Old Testament, the Bible says, are an abomination unto God. And that's what lying is, it's an abomination. God hates it. You're in the book of Proverbs, back up to the Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs chapter 6, look with me down <clears throat> verses 16 and 17. Proverbs 6, verses 16 and 17. Verse 16 says, these six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. God says, I, I, I not only don't like it, I hate, I hate lying lips. Um, lying is often the means used to cover other sins. And you find that in the New Testament with Ananias and Sapphira. And they, they said in their heart that they were going to give a certain amount of, the, of the, the sale of property to the Lord. And then they pulled back on that thing and kept back part of the price. Well, uh, God, God uh, made an example of them and he killed them. Now, I, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that God doesn't kill every Christian that, just, that, that says something falsely out of their lips. But, but that just shows you how seriously God looks at, at uh, lying. Go to Proverbs chapter 17. Proverbs chapter 17. And this kind of goes back to the prior point. Proverbs 17 and verse 4 says, A wicked doer giveth heed to false lips, and a liar giveth ear to a naughty tongue. People that have a tendency toward lying also have a tendency toward filth. Um, yeah, I, I've, I've noticed this. <clears throat> I've noticed that, uh, and you see a lot of them are now coming into the public, public uh, spotlight. <clears throat> you, see, you see Mormons 
uh, talking about God and talking about being decent and holy and clean. On, in the public spotlight, some of the filthiest mouths are mouths of Mormon people. And I've heard them. I've listened to them on radio, seen them on TV. Um, they, they think nothing of that kind of thing. Well, that tells me there's probably some lying lips behind there, too, because those two go together, lying lips and, and uh, naughty or dirty speech. Go to Proverbs chapter 19 and look in verses 5 and 9. Verse 5 says, A false witness shall not be unpunished, and he that speaketh lies shall not escape. Uh, down in verse 9, it says, A false witness shall not be unpunished, and he that speaketh lies shall perish. Um, liars uh, won't go unpunished, and, and God will make sure uh, that they, that they uh, get the fruit of their lying. Go to chapter 20 of the book of Proverbs and look down in verse 17. It says, Bread of deceit is sweet to a man, but afterwards his mouth shall be filled with gravel. How many of you ever heard the saying, uh, boy, I ended up eating my own words. You ever hear that before? Okay. Well, that's, that's what it's talking about here, saying, listen, you have lying lips. It's going to catch up with you. It's going to catch up with you, and you're going to end up uh, eating your words, so to speak. So uh, cursing and swearing are uh, uh, significant or signifying of a lack of control. Uh, lying lips are, uh, are uh, uh, significant of, of a lack of control. Then go to Proverbs 18. Proverbs 18. Here's another, another thing, that another mark of lack of control of our speech. Proverbs chapter 18. Look down in verse 8 with me. It says, The words of a talebearer are as wounds, and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. And we've talked about this before, but that old adage, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words shall never hurt me. That's not true. <laughs> words can, can tear you up. Words can go down into the innermost part of your belly and do some damage that a stick or a stone or a two-by-four across the, the forehead would not necessarily do uh, because at least that, that pain could go away. The pains of the, of, the, of the wrong kind of words can sink down and hurt you for a long period of time. And it talks of a, of a tail bearer. And uh, uh, one of the marks of, of uh, someone who who does not have control of their tongue is that, that uh, they have a tendency to be a tailbearer. Tailbearer is simply one who says things that are unnecessary to repeat and stirs up strife, says negative things that don't have to be said. Now, it doesn't mean that you're making up stuff necessarily. It may be all true. Maybe all true. It's like what we said this morning. Uh, is it necessary? Does the person that I'm speaking to have to hear the negative thing that I'm about to say about another person. Uh, God warned about tail-bearing. Go with me over to Leviticus 19. Way back in the book of Leviticus. Leviticus chapter 19. And I want you to look with me down in verse 16. Leviticus 19 and verse 16. It says, Thou shalt not go... Up and down as a talebearer among the people. Neither shalt thou stand against the blood of thy neighbor. I am the Lord. The Lord takes a stand against talebearing. And, uh, and notice the, the, the two commands that it's in between. 
If you go up to verse 15, it says, Ye shall do no unrighteousness in judgment. Thou shalt not respect the person of the, of the poor, nor honor the person of the mighty, but in righteousness shalt thou judge thy neighbor. In other words, you should not be a, a respecter of persons. Then you go down to verse 17. Thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart. Thou shalt in any wise rebuke thy neighbor and not suffer sin upon him. A person who's a talebearer does one or both of those things and uh, is a, becomes a respecter of person. A, a, a talebearer is one that begins to develop the wrong, wrong kind of feelings and attitudes in their heart toward other people. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 10. Back to Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 10. Proverbs has tons of things to say about the tongue. Proverbs chapter 10, and look down in verse 12. Proverbs 10, verse 12. It says, Hatred stirreth up strife, but love covereth all sins. Uh, Talebearer has a tough time loving everybody and having the right kind of attitude toward people that we ought to have. And by the way, if you listen to talebearers, it will affect your love. It will affect your care. It will affect your concern toward others. Go to chapter 17, over just a few pages. Chapter 17, and look down in verse 9. 17, 9 says, He that covereth the transgression seeketh love, but he that repeateth a matter, and that's a talebearer, he, re, he that repeateth a matter separateth very friends. Talebearing stirs up, up strife, and it divides friendships, and it causes, causes folks to, uh, to have animosity one toward another. Love endeavors to, to restore rather than to expose. And what, what tailbearing does, essentially, is just it it's spreads out other people's dirty laundry and lets other people know about the, 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 the things that are negative in other people's lives. That ought not to be so in our lives. And when that starts happening, we start, start getting into that kind of speech then it's, it's significant of the fact that we're having a tough time controlling our tongues. And by the way, I'll, I'll say this to you. It's not just the, the speaking of it, being the talebearer, but listening. If, if you enjoy listening to a talebearer, I'll guarantee you, you're also having a problem with your own tongue because you don't have control of it because you listen to the wrong things. Uh, go with me to Proverbs chapter 12, another mark of lack of control. Proverbs chapter 12. And look down at verse 13. It says, The wicked is snared by the transgression of his lips, but the just shall come out of trouble. Uh, go to chapter 18. And verses 6 and 7. Chapter 18. Verses 6 and 7. Chapter 18, verse 6 says, A fool's lips enter into contention, and his mouth calleth for strokes. A fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips are the snare of his soul. In other words, they just they not only talk, but they talk more than they ought to. Uh, go to Proverbs chapter 10. Proverbs chapter 10. 
Proverbs chapter 10 and verse, verse 19. This is one of those rough verses in the Bible. I mean, there's a lot of rough verses in the Bible. We've just read a whole bunch of them. But this one in particular has, has uh, uh, really caught my attention and caused me to find myself guilty probably more times than I can recount. Verse 19 of Proverbs 10, it says, In the multitude of words there wanteth not sin, but he that, that refraineth his lips is wise. When I was a kid. Uh, I remember having a bunch of records that my mom had, 45 RPMs, which some of you are looking at me like a tree full. I was wanting the world's a 45 RPM. Uh, but it was, a, it was a record with a great big hole in the middle of it. And uh, I, I had a whole bunch of records that my mom had had. And I remember, remember one of the songs uh, was, was You Talk Too Much. That was the name of the song. It was, you talk too much, you worry me to death. You talk too much, even worry my pets. You just talk, 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 talk too much. No, I'm not going to sing it for you. I know you want me to, but I, I'm not going to do that. But uh, just, just the multitude of words. The more you say, the more possibility you have of, of spilling out. And, and, you know, people say, well, I know I'm, I, you know, I'm just so talkative. Well, then you need to take it easy, calm it down, and shut her down. Because a person who talks too much does not have control. And the Bible says if you don't have control of your lips, you don't have control of the rest of your body either. Go to chapter 13. Like I said, that, that, one, that one's been hard. I, mean, I Back when I was pastoring over in western New York, um, I read a, a statement, it was by either Charles or John Wesley, and I want to say it was Charles Wesley, who, who, who said, and, I, and I'm going to get this wrong, I'm not going to get the, the details right on it, but I thought he said, a person who speaks for more than 10 or 15 minutes is in sin because they're just talking too much. Well, I don't know that you could put a time on it. I think it depends upon the person, it depends upon the individual and the circumstances and so forth, but... Uh, so what, what I did was we had, we had uh, uh, groups that we put together over there that uh, met together, had dinner together, would, uh, would focus on a, on, a, on a Bible verse and talk about how they were going to live that Bible verse. And one of the things that, that I, I, I uh, stipulated I, in the, in the, the, the rules for those fellowship groups is be careful of your tongue. And the truth of the matter is there are all kinds of problems with that and in that area uh, over in that church. And I was trying to steer it uh, in, the right, in the right direction. Uh, but I had some people call me up at, after I used that illustration of Charles Wesley talking about talking about how much time and so forth. I had people call me up mad, angry. You know what they did? They just exposed themselves. <laughs> you know, the people, I guarantee you, the people that didn't have a problem with talking too much are not the ones that got on the phone and called up the preacher, okay? The ones that got, got mad and upset are the ones that had a problem with the tongue. Look in, in chapter 13, look down in verse 3. It says, he that keepeth his, uh, keepeth his mouth keepeth his life. And again, it's saying that if you can, if you can uh, allow God to have control over your tongue, it's going to affect the other areas of your life. He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life, but he that openeth wide his lips 
shall have destruction. Uh, a person who has, who has knowledge and who uses that knowledge properly will be one of few words. Go with me to Proverbs 17. Proverbs 17, verse 27 and 28. Proverbs 17, verse 27 and 28. Last two verses in the chapter. says, He that hath knowledge spareth his words. And a man of understanding is of an excellent spirit. Even a fool, when he, when he holdeth his peace, is counted wise. And he that shutteth his lips is esteemed a man of understanding. So, you know, if, if, if a person is known for being a motor mouth, then they're also known for not being too wise and not, not, uh, not having uh, the kind of knowledge that they ought to have. And then the, the last mark of, of a person with uncontrolled speech. Go to Proverbs chapter 18. In Proverbs 18, look with me down in verse 13. Proverbs 18, 13. He that answereth the matter before he heareth it, it is folly and shame unto him. Um, don't raise your hand, but how many of you ever spoken about a subject before you really knew the facts? Uh, you, you made comments on something uh, without really knowing the whole story. And that's, that's what this verse is talking about. It's talking about somebody talking too soon. Not, not first weighing the facts and then making comments on it, but weighing, making comments on it, either based on what other people think or just on your own perception. Uh, in James chapter 1 and verse 19, it says, Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. And by the way, uh, slow to wrath goes hand in hand with slow to speak. When, when we're, when we're uh, slow to speak, we're slow to, to uh, uh, comment on things. We wait and we weigh the facts. We also have a better control on anger and on our temper. Uh, go to Proverbs chapter 15. Proverbs 15 and then also go to Proverbs 25. Proverbs 15. And then Proverbs 25. Proverbs 15, <clears throat> look with me down in verse 28. Proverbs 15, 28. The heart of the righteous studieth to answer, but the mouth of the wicked poureth out evil things. Uh, it's important to study a matter before you comment on it. Go with me over to chapter 25. And look down in verse 2. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. So before we speak on something, we need to know what we're speaking about. We need to make sure we have all the facts. Those are, those are some, some marks of folks that, that uh, uh, do not have, uh, any of us who do not have control of the tongue. Now, what's the, what's the fruit of a controlled tongue? What are some, some, some things that are evident and obvious in our lives and by our speech if our tongue is controlled? Well, go with me over to Proverbs 15. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 1 says, A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. 
Um, when, when we have a controlled tongue, we cause peace, not strife. Uh, we're not quick to lash out at someone. And we, uh, when our tongue is under control, we know how to turn away wrath rather than create it. In Proverbs 25, Proverbs 25, look with me over in verse 12. Proverbs 25 and verse 12. As an earring of gold and an ornament of fine gold, so is a wise reprover upon an obedient ear. Go to chapter 28 and look down at verse 23. 28-23. He that rebuketh a man afterwards shall find more favor than he that flattereth with a tongue. A person who has a controlled tongue, it'll be evident by uh, giving wise reproof to those that are disobedient. And, and you do it wisely. You do it properly. You do it not with the idea of, of, uh, of uh, you know, putting them down or just, just being a harsh rebuke. But you have, you have the reason why you're giving the rebuke and you're doing it wisely because you have a desire to see them change. And the truth of the matter is, if a person needs rebuke, if they don't, if they don't stop what they're doing, it's not only going to hurt others, but it's also going to hurt themselves. And if you have that kind of a heart toward those people, it's going to come out, and it's going to come out in our speech. Go to Proverbs chapter 11, and then also Proverbs 14. Put one finger in Proverbs 11, and one finger in Proverbs 14. Proverbs 11 and verse, verse 9. Proverbs 11, verse 9. It says, by, uh, it says, An hypocrite with his mouth destroyeth his neighbor, but through knowledge shall the just be delivered. In other words, when we, when we speak knowledgeable things, right things, we can, we can deliver others uh, out of trouble and out of their sin. Go to chapter 14 and look in verse... Look first in verse 3. It says, In the mouth of the foolish is a rod of pride, but the lips of the wise shall preserve them. Uh, your speech ought to be preserving speech, and speech that helps rather than hurts. Uh, go down to verse 20, 23. In verse 23 it says, In all labor there is profit, but the talk of the lips tendeth only to penury. Um, if we, if we, we speak properly uh, there there will be a, there will be a, 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 a care and a, a concern for the souls of others when when we when we have control of our lips uh, we can deliver others not only from trouble but we can also deliver them from hell by telling them about Jesus Christ uh, it, it, it's uh, it's always exciting to be able to witness it's always exciting to be able to to be a testimony. And one of the things that shows whether or not you have a controlled tongue is are you using it to tell others about Christ? Are you using it to, to be a witness and to be a testimony? And another, uh, another fruit of a controlled tongue, go to, go to Proverbs chapter 15. Proverbs chapter 15, and look with me down in verse, verse 7. Proverbs 15, 7. The lips of the wise disperse knowledge, but the heart of the foolish doeth not so. A, a person who uh, 
has a controlled tongue, we'll use that tongue for truth. We'll use that tongue for knowledge. We'll use that uh, tongue for righteousness. Look over in, in chapter 16, verse 21. The wise in heart shall be called prudent, and the sweetness of the lips increaseth learning. You'll be a help to somebody. You'll pass some knowledge on to somebody. Uh, verse 23, the heart of the wise teacheth his mouth and addeth learning to his lips. So if a person has a controlled tongue, they're learning, and then with that learning and with that knowledge, they pass it on to try to be a help and a blessing to others. Uh, then then the, the last fruit. Uh, in Proverbs chapter 25, Proverbs chapter 25 and verse 25, and this, this kind of goes hand in hand with what we spoke of before. Proverbs 25, 25 says, as cold waters to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. You realize every time you witness, that's exactly what you're doing. You're bringing good news from a far country. You're telling folks about heaven. You're telling folks about a place where they can go and where they can spend eternity. Um, Go to the book of uh, Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And this, this verse, you've heard me speak on this before. Uh, to me, this is, a, this is a powerful verse. This is an eye-opening verse. Uh, this is a, a verse that really causes me to, to realize how, just how accountable I am for the things that, that I say and how powerful our words can be. In, in uh, verse, verse 29 of Ephesians chapter 4, it says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. In other words, don't have uncontrolled lips, have controlled lips. It says, But that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearer. God uses your words and uses my words to be channels of his grace. And the things that you say can have a profound impact on someone. Uh, and the things that we say ought to edify. Ought to edify lost people by telling them how to be saved. It ought to edify saved people by, by uh, being a blessing and being an encouragement and being a help. You know, one of the things we ought to ask ourselves uh, often is are our lips gracing or are they grieving? You know, are, are they ministering grace unto others or are they, they grieving others? And even more importantly, are they grieving the Lord? Uh, in conclusion, I just want to give you just some, some quick um, guides to controlling the tongue. These are some things that could, that could help you have a, tongue that, uh, a tongue that's under control. First of all, Dedicate your heart and your tongue to the Lord on a daily basis. Realize that there is a battle and realize that, that, that uh, uh, the tongue no man can tame without God's help and without God's guidance and direction, you can't control it. And then uh, spend time in the book. Spend time reading the word of God and, and being in tune with what God's word says. That will change your heart which will also change your speech. Assume responsibility uh, for the things that you say. The Bible tells us, in fact, Jesus said this. And in Matthew chapter 5, he, he said that someday we're going to give account for every idle word. 
not just the ones that, you know, that we were paying attention to and speaking on purpose, but every single idle word that we ever spoke, we're going to give account for, and we need to assume responsibility for those. Um, we need to, to uh, make a commitment to give good reports rather than evil reports, to say, say uh, things that will build up and are kind to others rather than spreading dirt and garbage. Uh, we need to uh, fulfill, make a, make a commitment to fulfill promises that, that you're going to make that day or promises that you've already made in the past so that your words are true words. Whenever, whenever you say anything that's unloving or unkind or have an attitude that's wrong, determine in your heart that, okay, I'm going to ask for forgiveness for that. You know, there, there are times when we say things and you say, well, it wasn't really that big of a deal. You have no idea whether it was a big deal or not. You really don't know. Um, there are times when people have said things flippantly. Honestly, they've cut right down into the innermost part of my heart. There's times I've said things flippantly to people and have hurt them and haven't even realized the damage that I've done. So be willing to ask for forgiveness and, and be responsible for your words. Um, decide that you want to say some things that will encourage people. You know, come to church with the idea, with a, with a mindset, I'm going to be a blessing to somebody. I'm going to, I'm going to talk with someone. I'm going to pay, pay attention to somebody. Um, oftentimes, you see people that come in here, some folks tonight, some folks this morning, they come in and they sit all by themselves or uh, they just stand by themselves somewhere. Uh, realize that, hey, that's somebody that needs, needs encouragement. That's somebody that probably could use a kind word. Go over and speak to people. Pay attention to folks. It's one of the reasons why, and, I, and, I, I, and for the most part, this happens here, and I'm thankful for it. But when, a, when, when somebody comes in, you don't recognize them. Go up to them. You know, don't leave that to a certain group of people. I notice whenever we have, have visitors around here, there are certain folks that always go up to the visitors. Can I tell you something? I also notice there's certain folks that never go up to the visitors. You ought to go up to them. You ought to, you ought to you, listen, if you, want, if you want to have a controlled tongue, decide to use it for something that's good. Um, discern the spirit of of the hearers uh there's there's things you can say to some folks and some things you can't say to some folks and i'm not saying that the, that the things that you can't say are wrong things they're things that you, that you could say to some people but there's certain people that might take it wrong and might turn it the wrong way and can't handle it just simply decide to think before you speak in other words before you before you uh, put your, your tongue in gear, make sure that, that uh, you've thought the thing through. And then, then the, the last thing we can do is to, to ask others to make us accountable. Find someone or several someones, and a good place to start is in your family. Find someone that, that you can trust and that you know that loves you and cares for you. It might be a friend, it might be a family member, and say, it may be several people. It might be somebody at work. And just say, listen, would you do me a favor? If you ever hear me, I know that I'm prone. And I, I think we're all prone. It's not, not just one or two people in here. We're all prone to say things that are inappropriate. 
And when, just go up to someone and say, listen, would you hold me accountable? If you ever, listen, if you ever hear me say anything that is inappropriate, would you please let me know? Uh, you know, I, I, honestly, and I, 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 say that, and I say this in all sincerity, um, as, as your pastor, if you ever hear me say anything that you think is inappropriate, not, not you say, well, that was a harsh truth. Oh, well, okay. But uh, if it's something that's inappropriate, please come see me. Please, please don't talk about it. Please come see me. Because if you talk about it, I'll not even know what it is, and I'll not be able to, to take care of it. But I would appreciate it if you do that. Why? Because the tongue, no man can tame. That's you. That's me. That's all of us. And when our tongue is under control because we're allowing God to give us the help to control it, the Bible says it affects our whole life. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I'm thankful for the plainness of your word. Lord, we've read some verses that have kind of uh, they're kind of hit between the eye type of verses, and uh, uh, you are are very are very plain and very forthright. And the danger that we can we can do with our tongue, and by saying things that aren't necessary, and saying things that aren't true, and saying things that aren't kind, uh, Lord, that's not what you've devised our tongue for. Uh, Lord, as, as save people. We're supposed to minister grace unto the hearers with our tongues. That's, that's what our tongue's in our mouth for, is to be a blessing. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts tonight. And in areas where we have seen maybe even in this last week, we have said things we shouldn't have said. Uh, maybe said things uh, that we have, have said and said it in the wrong spirit, said it in the wrong attitude. Pray, Father, that you might deal with our hearts tonight and uh, where it's necessary may we confess our sins and you're all always faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness but then God help us to ask you for help and ask you for assistance and guidance uh, in in the controlling of our tongue we understand the tongue no man can tame but we also understand that Lord, uh, with your help and your guidance, our tongue can be put under control and under your control. Bless this invitation, speak to our hearts, and as you do, may we respond to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So I'll stand.